Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. And one of the things we're doing this year, because there's a new one coming out in October, is we are working our way through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. We've already done one, we've already done two, we've even done three, which I'd never seen before. So that brings us to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Because I, I guess Star Trek TNG was such a big hit, they thought, oh, we'll use that name instead of just calling it four. It just reminds me in the 90s where you just had like those commercials where some kid would like skateboard into the frame and then go, like, finally, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre for my generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the most annoying thing about that is that the movie, like, nothing about it feels next generation. No. In fact, I would say that, like, at this point, these movies are so, like, falling over their own tropes. Like, everything that happens in this is literally, like, what's happened in the other movies. Well, it's... almost everything. There's at least yeah. some stuff at the end that maybe adds a new dimension to things okay. that are going on. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, do you know what? Full spoilers. I'm not going to... I'm going to faff about with spoiler-free section. Just know that it's terrible, and yeah. just listen to us talk about it, because it'll be better than watching the movie. I promise you. I'd say... I, I'm pretty sure I saw this as a kid. I, I definitely remember the first half of the movie. I don't really remember the second half too much, but I know I at least saw some of it at some point. Do you, and... do you know what's funny? Kind of similar. Like, I, re- I remember watching it, but I don't remember any of the crazy shit in the, the, you know, towards the end. So Yeah. I, I just remember it being kids end up in the woods, there's a lot of stumbling around, and then a lot of Matthew McConaughey being like crazy, and that was basically <laughs> all I remembered. But uh, yeah, I, it goes places at the end. I, I would say, yeah, a lot of people, you know, uh, when they think of this, they think of it, it having a reputation of just being like god awful, and it fully lives up to that reputation. Do you know what the funny thing is? Is that for the first like ten minutes, like maybe that's not as bad as I remember it. Like yeah. yeah, like it was stupid, right? And I actually thought it was laughable just how little setup there was for the characters. Like they're mm-hmm. at a dance, you know, prom, homecoming, whatever, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. like girlfriend gets angry at asshole boyfriend because he's making out with someone else. Uh <laughs> he chases her back to uh, his car and mm-hmm. they're arguing in the cars they're driving away and then Renny Zellweger and her boyfriend in the back seat who were having sex, getting high, whatever they were doing, just sort of mm-hmm. pop up out of nowhere. And then they end up just driving together. They get lost, even though they're in their own town. Like, I don't know how they're suddenly out in the middle of nowhere near where the Texas Chainsaw family live, but they, they are. Uh, and then, you know, things go wrong. And then, by the way, and I loved one of the lines of dialogue here because of how stupid it was. So at one point, mm-hmm. the asshole boyfriend, you know, the one who was cheating on the girl, who, who is a complete asshole, he's constantly talking about Renny Zellberger's boobs, he's, he's, he's being really mm-hmm. sexist, he's been really... Uh, he's objectifying everyone around him. He's awful. Mm-hmm. But at one point, he has a line. It's when they're lost. It's like... Because mm-hmm. like, they're, they're talking about how they need to turn around. like, there's no place to turn around. Do these assholes know how to make roads? <laughs> that was a line of dialogue. Do these assholes know how to make roads? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe this isn't as bad as I remember. I mean, it's bad, but maybe this yeah. is more entertaining than I remember it being. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. once we actually get to the Texas Chainsaw stuff, it basically yeah. just becomes really, really boring and repetitive. And 
And I just want to applaud you on that line reading because I think you actually did it better than oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> the guy that said it. I thought, like, obviously, like, you know, uh, Renee Zellweger and, um, you know, Matthew McConaughey, they're they're pretty hammy in this, but there's, it still feels like acting. <laughs> and then you know, uh, well, some uh, of the mm. rednecks and stuff weren't too bad, but I thought the other teenage characters were like some of the worst acting we've seen in a real long time. Yeah, they're pretty awful. I'm going to dispute you on Renee Zellweger. I actually think she's mm. pretty bad. Now, admittedly, this could be the direction rather than her acting choices herself, sure. mm. but I thought some of her reactions to a lot of the crazier shit that was going on felt mm. really weird and out of character, or not out of character, but just unnatural. Like she- There was weird yeah. moments where she just didn't seem scared enough, where she just wasn't <laughs> reacting with the-, the-, the dread that was being, like thrust upon her it was weird i I felt fear like in her but it seemed more like fear of oh are people going to see this movie as opposed to like fear of her character (laughs) in the scene well like like, it seemed like there was kind of a laid back like acting to it of like an almost like i don't want to be here kind of vibe interestingly uh this is a movie that was, like, shelved, which is actually funny, because mm-hmm. the new one that's coming out was also shelved. Like, the new Leatherface oh, really? movie that's coming out this year has actually been finished for a while, uh, and they've just waited to release it for some reason. Um, but this was the same that's with weird, this. That's weird, because that's usually, like, a good mark of quality on a movie. Right? <laughs> hey, to be fair, Jason X also was shelved, and I happen to quite enjoy Jason X, so I will okay. I will hear none of it. Absolutely none of it. But I think the only one that I think breaks that rule, I feel like, is... a. Cabin in the Woods was shelved for a while, It I think. was, yeah, that was shelved for like two years. Uh, yeah. Interesting you bring that up, but more on that later. But no, okay. the, the point I was getting at, this was shelved uh, originally, right? Because this, when did it come out? 94, I think. Yeah, mm. 1994. I think uh, it was Good about... year, Pulp Fiction, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Shawshank Redemption, of course, don't, mm. don't leave out the, uh, <laughs> the other one. Uh, so... This was shelved, and it was made before either Renny Zellweger or Matthew McConaughey were famous. And then I think by the time it came out, like they they tried to release it post, like at least one of them got famous. Mm-hmm. And I think if I remember right, maybe this was just a story or maybe just a rumor, but I feel like one of them tried to stop it from getting released, <laughs> like the, like they were ashamed of it. And it was mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of funny because watching it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of see why. Because it's not mm-hmm. even like it's a good goofy slasher movie. It's just miserable yeah. by the way i'm pretty sure no one in this film dies by a chainsaw and i know that mm. the, the, i know the count has been quite low it's almost a yeah. running joke at this point how few how few people actually die with chainsaws in that series <laughs> called the texas chainsaw massacre but this movie i don't think has any which is yeah i didn't think about it but i think you're right yeah um, it's just it's more of a dance partner at this point I mean, he really only even holds it in two scenes, from what I yeah. can remember. Which is, again, we're, we're getting... And this is, so a lot of the movie is them, like, traipsing around in the forest. For some, the characters are really weird as well. They, they make really strange choices. They split mm-hmm. up for no reason. And it's not like that... Because mm. as, much, as much as that's, like, often a complaint in horror movies where characters split up, it's usually, at least they're in a building, and they're, like, searching yeah. the building or something like that. These characters are lost in the woods. They don't know where they are. They don't know where they're going. And for some reason, they decide to like split up and just wander the woods themselves. It's odd. And then on top of that, at one so so after they've, they've crashed the car right and they're walking around and they find this little like office and 
We were introduced to, uh, what's her name? Darla is the character's name. And she's this kind of weird woman who's constantly making sexual references. She's kind of almost flirting with a teenage boy. Uh, someone throws a brick through the window and she flashes them because, you know, it's it's giving you this idea. And obviously right away, because it's a Texas Chainsaw movie, I'm thinking, all right, she's part of the family. She's one of the psychopaths. Uh, this is really yeah. going with it. And that, that okay, that, fine. That's what, yeah, like, that's what I was kind of like getting into like earlier, like, like it's always the same thing in this movie you always meet some stranger who seems nice and then yet they're gonna come running back to him later because they're the one like Mm -hmm. familiar nice thing they know and then surprise surprise they're gonna be working with the family or part of the family so but here's the thing right so at least obviously later on we see that she is part of the family and she doesn't help them she's actively more of a psychopath but in this scene itself she calls someone with a truck to come and help them to come and pick Mm -hmm. up their car and for some reason, after the scene, they all just kind of walk away from the place and don't wait for the truck. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's like, I think they're supposed to be going back to their car, but they never yeah. really get there. And I guess they're just lost again, but it just... I'm like, you just walk from there. You walk down a road. Yeah. It's not like you were walking through wilderness. You, you walk down a road. You just go back the way you came. It's not that goddamn hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really strange. Uh, I don't know if they had some spiked punch at prom or something. They're not making great choices. There's also this running thing where the asshole keeps saying that his dad's a doctor and then later on he says his dad's a lawyer just so that he can prove that he knows what he's talking about, about Mm -hmm. certain things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, his dad's a doctor because he's got all these opinions where if you you don't have sex often enough, this can happen. Oh, Mm -hmm. my dad's a lawyer, so this is basically kidnapping. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) He keeps doing that. Uh, and then he, he he dies, I guess. Like I guess <laughs> Leatherface. Leatherface finally appears like thirty something minutes into the movie, um, and, and he's just got kind of standing behind one of the girls because they find the house, of course. Yeah. Uh, the asshole and her have like split away from Zillweger for some reason, and they're at the house. And here's here's what I don't get right. So she she's sitting on this little sw- you know deck chair that's swinging right, mm-hmm. and Leatherface is standing behind her, and then. Okay, it's okay, I guess. It's a fun little sort of creepy moment where he's just sort of standing behind her and he's kind of sniffing her hair and stuff. And then she notices him and she starts screaming. And out the front of the house, or the back of the house, whatever side each of them was on, the boyfriend is like, one of the other hillbilly characters has got a gun on him. And he hears his girlfriend screaming and he's like, oh, I need to go help her. That's my girlfriend. She's screaming. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs like she has been murdered. Like, she, <laughs> she is screaming for help. She's pleading. Eventually, he gets into the house and locks the door so that the guy with the gun doesn't get through to him, right? Yeah. And then he just starts sort of like creeping through the house and he's like, hey, uh, whatever her name was, uh, uh, Heather. Hey, Heather, are you in here? And I'm like, you heard her screaming like she was being murdered. Why are you just nonchalantly kind of like, Heather, are you okay? Are you in here? Yeah. It doesn't seem, it just, I don't know. It, it felt almost like the actor didn't know what the, the context of the scene was. So he was playing it a completely different way from what it should be played. It's really hard to, and I don't know if we should blame the actor or the director, but yeah, this guy particularly was just awful. Like when he's like, you know, pleading, not even pleading, just like talking with the guy that has the gun on him, you know, it, like literally the cadence is like, hey, come on, no, let's not do this. I'm going to go over here now. Like, it's like, I. It's so so goddamn awful, and yeah, there's just there's no sense of urgency, like at any point. 
I will admit though, I did I, I did give it a laugh uh, when, when Heather Leatherface grabs Heather and he's like, you know, she's kicking and screaming. He's he's taking her into the 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 storage room, or whatever it is, and he puts her in the freezer and shuts the lid. He goes to walk away and she immediately just kicks open the freezer and starts screaming again. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, there's not a lot in this movie that I think is supposed to be funny that actually made me laugh, but that did make me laugh. So fair play, fair play. And um, I might probably talk about it a little bit more later on because I don't think we get a ton of good looks at Leatherface right now. But it, well, I thought it it looked like shit even yeah, at this he's point. Awful this movie. The wig, and the wig's terrible. The mask is terrible. He looks bad. There and I like in the other movies. I I thought he was like a nice creepy character because you don't really know exactly like what he kind of looks like or, or what he's wearing like you can tell it's this weird skin mask and, and wig and stuff but you're not really sure exactly what he's trying to look like or whatever but then in this he just looks like a little old lady <laughs> like he has like he, a he does. and then <laughs> as the movie goes on he he for some reason this movie decides to have him be a cross dresser and he's like wearing yeah. women's clothes and he's put lipstick on and you know, and later on, like when someone sees him, he actually like, closes his blouse, like he's yeah. you know he's, he's scared that someone's looking at him. And I'm not really and, sure why this was the direction to go on. It's worth mentioning and, at this point, by the way, that the writer director of this movie was the co-writer of the original film. Really? Yeah, Kim Henkel. Oh wow. Yeah, which right. <laughs> good, good, good question. There's a lot of why is yeah. a fantastic question with a lot of this movie. And. <laughs> Right. Speaking of the stupid characters, right? Just while this is all going on, Zellweger, like actually before that even happens, like Matthew McConaughey, we first see him and he encounters the guy they've left with the car because you know the other car they hit had someone who was like half dying, he was lying on the ground. Matthew McConaughey basically just comes up and snaps the guy's neck, and he's like, <laughs> "Right, I'm going to kill you too," and he does, and he's, he's he's over the top. He's being like, you know, he's this crazy Matthew McConaughey turned to fifteen. Uh, he's you know being super wacky, but he, his truck, he eventually pulls up next to Ryan Zellweger. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, can I get help, blah, blah, blah. And he's immediately, he's already hostile. Like, he's very yeah. kind of, uh, you know, get in the goddamn truck. Uh, do you want help or not? And he eventually, he's so hostile that he eventually sort of starts to move a little bit while the door's still open to basically say, if you don't get in, I'm going, which scares <laughs> her into getting into the truck. But even at that yeah. point, I'm like, why are you getting in the truck? He's clearly, a, like, either, if he's not a complete psychopath, he has been so hostile to you up until yeah. this point where he... He's almost like, get in, I can take you where you're going. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely no uh, subtlety to like anyone's performance. And yeah, he's not even trying to... Like, I, I, I feel like serial killers are not the type of people that just go up to you and be like, I'm going to kill you, come on, let's go. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's almost what it feels like. And she kind of does it out of fear. And then immediately, as soon as she's in the car... He starts tell he he starts a story. He's like, oh yeah, you know, it's weird. You know, you know, people picking up strangers can be really creepy. There's this old guy who like cut off this girl's uh, arms and just left her to yeah. die. And obviously, <laughs> this is making her uncomfortable. And he immediately says, yeah, it's a shame that it's just it's just no imagination. <laughs> and then 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 he goes proper creepy. And, uh, that, that's yeah. it. and he eventually lets her he, she kind of runs out the car and he just kind of like oh you want to stay here that's fine and he lets her yeah. get out into the woods because he knows Leatherface is kicking about uh, yeah. which is ultimately who grabs her and brings her back well actually no he chases her which leads to the, the previous woman uh, 
Darla was that her name? Yeah, Darla. Uh, and that's where she's pretending to care at first. Like she she goes out the the little building and she's like, "Come out now, boys!" Like you know, she's like being kind of playful as as if she's just been chased by some sort of delinquent that's not actually that dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually the other guys show up and she puts her in the the trunk of her car. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take her back to the house, but I'm going to go pick up pizza first, which gives us this weird little side time. Drive-through pizza. <laughs> Drive-through pizza. Uh, I was like, does such a thing exist? <laughs> do you know what? I never even thought about that during the scene, but you're right. I've never actually seen that. It's very, it's very strange. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, why doesn't it exist? No, it, it, it When you think about it. Like, yeah. yeah, It's no different from getting a cheeseburger. I mean, really... <laughs> <laughs> what the window has to be wider, but I mean, other than that, it's like it's not that but, weird. Like, so I guess. But this scene was like really ridiculous, and also, like, what what is going on here? Like, she's so nonchalant to the point where I almost wondered, like, is the whole town in on this? Well, yeah, because the way because she, she, she's like. Because Zellweger's in the in, in the car and she's banging on the the hood or whatever to get out, and she, she goes back and she's like, "Are you going to settle down?" She's like, "I can't breathe." So she's like, "Well, I poke a hole. Will you be okay?" She's like, "Yeah." And Zellweger's delivery as she's got the bag in her head almost feels too calm. It's almost it's almost like it's been played for slapstick comedy. And then yeah. the cops pull up behind her, and the guy cops like, "Oh, I'm going to go and speak to her," and he's and he tries to be all macho, and she kind of flushed back, and it's all. But he never like asks. Well, he does ask what's in the car, but she just kind of like brushes it off with, it. "Oh, you don't want to know." With a smile, it's all flirtatious, and it's just kind of. I guess it's supposed to be amusing the whole thing. See, but at least that's... I'll give it this though. At least this scene, I was kind of entertained by the absurdity of it. Once they go back to the house, yeah. I was bored shitless for the rest of the movie. Mm, I I would say for most of it anyway. I, I would say once you get back to the house. It's it, it goes up and down to oh my god this is a really crazy scene to uh, all right now it's a little boring and I, yeah, I kind of went up and down a little bit because once they get back to the house it's basically just Matthew McConaughey being crazy and shouting at her mm-hmm. and then shouting at everyone else and occasionally hitting people and that's kind yeah. of it for like thirty minutes it's really really dull and especially since and, we've done this in every movie we even have a dinner table scene again like yeah. There's Can we go over this, so please? Stuff. Like, there's... All right, so we have the dinner table scene. We have the, you know, wheeling out the feeble old grandpa. Uh, you know, we have the... Hey, he stands you know, up in this one. He's not that feeble <laughs> compared to yeah. the old ones. Which, yeah, they, he actually looks younger. It's like, the next somehow. generation, but somehow the grandpa's actually... Better. I mean, I, I assume yeah. it's not maybe the same one, but, I mean, hell if I know. And then we have, uh, yeah, the heroine jumping out the window, which mm-hmm. <laughs> it almost looked like they didn't, like, it, it was a weird shot where, like, she jumps out the window, but then it kind of looks like she gets caught in it, and then, like, it kind of, like, switches, like, views, and you just see her, like, gliding over it, like, I, I, looks like, I don't know, two takes spliced together or something. Well, I mean, it's always two takes spliced together if it's two shots, but I think the point you're making is that the edit doesn't work. Like, there's clearly, right. the continuity doesn't match between the edits, uh... Which, you know, to be fair, when you're learning filmmaking, that's one of the first hard things you have to learn how to do, is make the edits match. Something as simple as someone sitting down in the chair is actually quite hard to edit together right if you don't know how to pace it and uh, so on. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, this is, everything is is the, the same, and uh, it's... And I think a big problem with this, too, is 
I never felt like the family was that threatening in a weird way because like like Renee Zellweger at one point like she literally just gets up like from the the chair just like walks out like the family's all fighting to, with each other to, to, to be fair I, I've got a theory on that I think that may be intentional okay as, as odd as that sounds I actually think I've got a theory on that because of where this goes um I, this is the thing right so so much of the movies in the house with them like being crazy right and it goes on too long and we've seen it all before we've seen it done better in the other movies and I don't really need to see the dinner scene again right and the thing is the original movie in two and even three spent time like building up our main characters we spent time with them before stuff went down Uh, this one doesn't know this one just like they're in that car and they end up crashing and we're kind of in the plot within like ten minutes if that Um, there's no time to... I mean, admittedly, the acting's not great, so I don't know if I want to spend time with them, but theoretically, you should want to do that. But because we yeah. get to the main stuff so quickly, it just it feels like it drags on for so long, and then it's all stuff we've seen before, but just not done as well. Yeah. And then, I don't know, <laughs> stuff that maybe is like, oh, that's kind of new, is like really bizarre, like... The leg. Matthew McConaughey has a robot leg. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay. he's got he's got an electric brace over his leg, which for some reason the TV remote control interferes with, and you can make him twitch his leg by pressing the buttons. What the? <laughs> which is by, which, of course, is how Zellweger gets out of a, a you know a, a clutch moment later on in the film because she's getting grabbed and whatnot and uh, yeah. the whole thing. And there's a whole scene where she's got a shotgun. She manages to grab a shotgun. And points it to the family, and she's like, "I'm going to kill you, all you, blah 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 blah." Um, and he calls her bluff, and she goes to fire it, and obviously there's no there's no shells in it, or there's one shell, but it wasn't no whatever. But yeah. it doesn't work. And all I could think was, "Don't shoot it if you're because she brings up that she doesn't know for sure if there's if there's you know shells in it." And I'm like, "Well, firing it's only going to make you lose your advantage. If they're not sure either, the one advantage you have is not letting them know." But if you yeah. click that trigger and it doesn't... Because fu- keep in mind, this is an old two-shooter. There's like two shells in it, max. There's four family members in front of you. The best you can do is kill two of them. It is not in your... In- that It is only in your interest to make them think that any one of them could die any minute. If you yeah. waste your two shots, the other two know that you're now vulnerable. Mm. Not that she was playing with a full deck the rest of the movie anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. But, like I say, throughout all this weird house section... I feel like she kept acting, and like sometimes she was scared, but sometimes she was kind of just—I don't know—like just not acting as terrified as she should have. And that's not to say that she had to be shrieking all the time, like you know, in the first movie with Sally. But it just—it didn't feel like it was a natural reaction to things going on around her. Yeah, it—it seemed like there was a weird confusion, but again, it feels more like confusion on you know the actor. Like, why am I in this movie? Why? Mm-hmm. What does this person want me to do? As opposed to like <laughs> the character. So, so there's not a lot of kills at this point. Like, you know, the, the other mm-hmm. girl gets set in fire at the dinner scene, and that's yeah. a bit. So, let's talk. I think this about... was another like weird edit too. Between it looks like she gets set on fire, then it looks like there's a quick scene after that where like she's not on fire, quick she's shot on fire again. Yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I noticed that as well. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the, the juicy stuff then the, the the one interesting thing that we've got to talk about now there's these weird hints throughout the movie where uh, what's her name Darla keeps talking about how uh, Matthew McConaughey's character is doing a job 
that he's got a job that he does, and this is like you know it's stressful for him. And you, th- and you sort of write it off as first as just crazy talk, and then she's later on she's talking to her, and she's like she's talking to Zellweger, and she's like, yes, he works for these people. It's like these secret or a secret organization who are responsible for the assassination of Kennedy, and <laughs> all this stuff. And you're like, it just sounds wacky. And you're like, what? So during the dinner scene, the door the doorbell goes, and McConaughey goes to answer, and there's a guy in a suit who's got out of a limo. And you're like, what's happening? And this guy in the suit comes in, and like McConaughey is scared enough of him that he stopped acting crazy. He's kind of like, you know, he's standing there silent. He's not respectful, but he's certainly not mouthing off like he normally does. And he came, and the guy comes in, and his name's Rothman, Mister Rothman. And he comes in, and he, he picks up Zillweger, and he sits on the chair. Oh, this it'll be okay. Things are going to change. It'll be okay. And then he turns around and he chastises McConaughey. He's like, "This is an abomination. You, you you're here for one purpose." Do you understand what that purpose is? It's to show to show the world what true horror is. So you're saying that we got the Illuminati like organizing serial killers to, to for some reason like conspiracy things and whatnot, which is crazy in and of itself, right? Because it's like this weird wacky element that just gets added in, like, and it feels so out of place with everything else in the series. Like nothing before now has remotely hinted that there's anything else going on other than there's been a crazy family. I. I, I watched this like real late last night and I, I I swear to god I almost forgot that this even happened before you started bringing it up I like as soon as you started talking about it, I was like oh yeah I completely forgot there was like a weird businessman with like strange looked like satanic symbols and piercings on his flesh yeah he and... opens his shirt and it's, it's almost like three little like uh, door handles like so, yeah. sort of on his <laughs> on his stomach it was weird and it's like okay what are you doing movie you're you're implying that someone's controlling this family that it's not just these crazy people because one of my complaints up until this point in the movie was like the opening text which by the way the voice was shit like compared to like the other voices who did the opening narration and like, oh, in 1973, there was blah, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then there was a couple of smaller but seemingly related incidents later, which is, you know, two and three. And it's like, and then five more years of silence. And it's like, okay, so you're implying that they're coming back after, like, five years of not doing anything. But when you actually, like, see the, the family operate, you see, like, you know, the you know McConaughey, the, the other brother character, like, they don't feel like they've been dormant for five years. This feels like they, they act like this every day, and they have done it for their entire lives. <laughs> but I suppose if it's you know secret society like regulated and they're yeah. the ones you know saying okay it's time to do this again maybe that's why they're doing it I, I, I don't know <laughs> but she ends up using this as an opportunity like the, the businessman leaves and then she like runs out she she uses the remote control on his leg and all the rest mm-hmm. of it gets to run off Leatherface goes chasing after and with a with a chainsaw and whatnot and me. We get this, you know, she runs into an RV, this old couple try and help her. Uh, Leatherface is on the back of the truck that they're driving next to it. They flip, they actually flip the RV. Big action scene. Strange amount of time, like, given to these, like, RV people. It, Mm -hmm. it it is very weird. I I forget what their names were, but there was, like, they had, like, little introductory scenes where, like, why, hello, Mr., like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, hello, Mrs., blah, blah. They're enjoying drinks, and then they're, like, oh, look, there's a woman running in front of us. I say, like, oh, it looks like she's running from a monster. (laughs) It's like, what is going on? So then things get really weird, though. 
So, 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 so Zellweger gets out of the tipped-over RV and starts running, and Leatherface is just chasing after her, you know, waving his chainsaw around, uh, as, as is Matthew McConaughey. And there's this plane flying around. This, 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 this plane... Uh, this, yeah. It's not full size. It looks like it's, it almost looks like a, a model, but it's like bigger than a, a regular. It's, I'd say it's about half size, but about like half a, scale. It looks like a crop duster. I, I think they're called. Yeah, but it looks smaller than like a, an actual crop duster. Yeah, you know, it, it looked like it was say I don't know, like five feet wide, give or take. Yeah, you know, it didn't look like it was a pilot. It looked like it was remote controlled. Did uh, I didn't really. I guess it could be. I, yeah, I mean, maybe I wasn't paying I mean, close enough attention. You're at not that point. going to, but go yeah. back and look at it again. And just, okay. it's, I'm pretty sure there's no pilot. It's like a remote controlled, kind of like five foot wide, roughly yeah. sized thing. Like I mean, it wasn't a full sized plane. That would definitely make a, a lot more sense because what it, what would it's it? doing, I have no idea. Would it make more sense? <laughs> Well, I, I think if it was some type of like <laughs> drone on some type of like automatic setting to fly this certain loop, as opposed to oh, if someone was no, flying it, not automatic. I actually I did some digging. I wanted to know more about this. Apparently, yeah. this was intentional. the The implication is that Mister Rothman's people are the ones controlling this plane. They intentionally uh-huh. aim for Matthew McConaughey and kill him with this plane. <laughs> There's not a lot of actual context in the movie. It's really, yeah. you know. I mean, but then Leatherface is well, chasing. That, that makes a lot of sense because what's the easiest way to take out someone? Hit them with a plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Leatherface is still chasing her, but then the limo is behind her, like a little you know horn beeps. Chauffeur gets out and <laughs> it says, "Here you go, get in the limo," and she does get in the limo. Can I just remind you that we're at the end of a Texas Chainsaw movie? <laughs> a limousine has shown up after a plane has hit someone and. The final girl has got into the, the limousine and Leatherface, as soon as he sees the, the limo, stops chasing her. He holds back. Okay, so Leatherface also knows what's going on. Fine. And we're in the limo and it's Mr. Rothman. And she's scared at first. He's like, you've got nothing to be scared of. I just want you to know this was an abomination. This was supposed to be a spiritual experience and this was a, a, a real horrific experience that you've went through. Um and basically offers her, like, do you want to go to the police station or do you want to go to the hospital? Where do you want to go? And we, we yeah. cut to her in the hospital, or, or actually the police station. Actually, I wasn't sure, because there was someone in a, a gurney, but at the same time it was a cop. So I guess it was the, the hospital, but there was a policeman yeah. there interviewing her. Um, and we have this weird cameo from Sally from the first movie, <laughs> who's on the gurney going past, and according to the internet, it was also Franklin who was pushing her. <laughs> Well, not the character, but the actor who played Franklin was the one pushing the gurney. Um, and I, like, I didn't, I didn't realize that was uh, that was her. I I knew it was supposed to be someone we recognized, but I was like, uh, yeah, I don't get this. <laughs> she, she looked familiar, so I, I double checked because I thought that was who it was, and it, sure enough, it was. Um, I meant to do more research on this movie because there's so much, so many questions, but I think I finished it last night around like three a.m. The last twenty minutes just just go insane it's weird and you know it basically that's the end of the movie it cuts back to Leatherface and he's, he's dancing around with his chainsaw even though it, this is the weird thing is it just me or did Leatherface feel like a side character in this one like he wasn't the main focus at all Matthew McConaughey was by far the lead villain yeah I, I mean I think he, Leatherface always kind of gets pointed out as the main character in these movies but you know as we're going back and watching them they are definitely more ensemble pieces but 
Leatherface is usually pivotal in that, and in this, he did feel sidelined. Yeah, it felt like he was just weird and just at you know he was just sitting there cross dressed to the side for most of the movie. Yeah. I, so. I would say he's probably you know first place would be like Matthew McConaughey, second place would probably be Darla, and then he would be like the third. Yeah, you know, import, most important person in the family. Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of overlooked, and yeah. so here here's the here's the weird things right, uh, the, the weird theories because the, there's all these weird things that happen at the end of the movie. So. Mm. <sighs> It's funny you brought up Cabin in the Woods, because I actually okay. think, in a weird way, this was trying to do a Cabin in the Woods-esque thing. I, I think it was suggesting, so, so they get the, you know, Mr. Rothman says, right, that they're behind this, and they want to show the world true horror. It's almost like they, they've arranged this, and they want them to terrorise people. Mm-hmm. And you kept saying, it's almost like they don't want to kill uh, Ryan Zellweger. I think that's intentional. I think they want someone to survive, because I, I, think, I think what they want to do is they want to, like, study the effects of this experience after the fact mm. so they need a survivor i think the point of it is that she does survive oh because okay. I, I think i think that's what the ending's hint. the ending with the like sally from the first movie i think mm. that's hinting that they've all been that and that yeah. sally is like still like you know medically screwed up because of what she went through oh okay i think that's what the point is um I mean that that could definitely be something that's pretty interesting. Of course, I, I feel like there's no <laughs> like well, I, really <laughs> cause for that in this movie. But I think it would be interesting in another movie where that was like the point that they set up. But like yeah. you're retconning the original Texas Chainsaw, which feels like a random like you know hillbilly crazy psychotic family, and you're trying to tell me that those were government and well, not government but secret secret society issued under orders to do what they were doing. Like I don't know, it yeah. just doesn't doesn't. I, I I think I would have at least been more interested if they did something like that in this movie because at least it would have been I'm sure it would have been batshit crazy, but at least it would have been something it different. Re- yeah, it reminds me a little bit of uh, like Halloween Six and how mm. like they tried to give all these reasons for the way you know Michael Myers was the way he was, and it was like no, no, it was better when it was just random and he was just the way he was because he was just evil. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then all this cult shit and this like satanic <laughs> stuff, and it's like, nah. It kind of feels like this is this franchise's version of that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's, it's no wonder that the next movie's a remake. Like they decide, no, we don't <laughs> want to continue that path of like going down this weird yeah. secret society that's controlling like Leatherface and everything else that's going on. Yeah. I would actually love if they put out like a special edition of this movie that had like commentary and making of like special features that really dive into what this is supposed to be about what the hell they were thinking like because it, it's it's certainly bad but i i find it uh a fascinating you know type of bad. oh yeah i like the, the ending is interesting to talk about because it's so batshit insane like you're like <laughs> what what it's what you're, you're trying to tell me that these are controlled by like a guy in a business suit yeah. like it's just it's wacky <laughs> Um, unfortunately, even with that interest stuff, the rest of the movie is a boring turd. Like, there's just no way around it. Yeah. You know, characters don't act the way they should. They act really stupid. Uh, the, the, any of the suspense or horror are, is not fun to watch. It's not suspenseful. Um, there's a couple I, of funny moments because of the bad dialogue, but that's about it. I'd say, like, this, this to me, I, I think is... I, I think it has potential to be like a fun bad movie you watch with friends if maybe 
you know, once it kind of gets to the middle-ish part, like, you know, if you watch the beginning, kind of, you know, pay attention, make fun of it, and then maybe, you know, during the middle part, kind of, you know, that's when you start to lose interest a bit, and yeah, just kind of talk, get snacks and whatever, and then wait, come wait, back wait. for the end. Can I just point out, Tim, your recommendation for this is based on the <laughs> idea that you want a movie that you can zone out and ignore it for, like, the middle <laughs> third. That's a really well, specific like... recommendation to be making to someone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's a uh, – I, I think this is a, f- a fun, bad movie, but, you know, if you if you do start to lose interest, you know, don't feel bad, but make sure to come back for the end. Sure. So it's a weird recommendation, <laughs> but yeah, sure, g- give it, by all means, whatever. I – oh, I appreciate how crazy the ending is because it's like, okay, right, the director was on LSD or something when he was writing the <laughs> script. He, he wanted to throw in something wacky. Yeah. Um, and if he is trying to say something, if he's trying to make some sort of commentary on like how there's always a final girl who always gets away and because like, to be fair, in the other Texas Chainsaw movies, like there is always that final girl who, like in the first movie, Sally's kept alive for a long time. And there it kind of makes some more sense because it feels like they are kind of terrorizing her but it's almost like this weird meta commentary looking back at the series and saying well why is there always someone who they keep alive for a long time that eventually gets away like it, i guess it's trying to like poke fun at it and say this is why because mm. that's what that's what they've been told to do but it's just kind of you know what maybe might have been interesting is if they if they did kind of want to go that you know route and explore it maybe just like open you know with the last you know, like fifteen twenty minutes, where it actually starts with the girl already captured in the house, trying to escape the people, and then and that's kind of like your cold open, and then you go in there from you know why did this happen, and who are these people orchestrating it? I'm not saying that that would be like a good movie, but that'd probably be a better you know way of tackling something like that. Yeah, probably. Instead, the first hour of it is just a rehash of the same sort of <laughs> scenes we've seen before, yeah. but done. You know, in you know, in a much inferior way. So, mm-hmm. um, um, sucks. I do, yeah. I do want to talk a little bit more about Matthew McConaughey because oh, he is just go for it. so crazy. It actually made me a, a little sad that we didn't get a like Nicolas Cage esque career out of him because, like, he's definitely kind of a you know a jokey actor that people can point to and make fun of. But I always thought it was more of in a laid back kind of way, but he's pulling out some like serious Nick Cage, like, you know, uh, portrays in, in this, uh, movie where to the point where I was like, wow, like I would have liked to have seen like a more crazier McConaughey and stuff. I mean, Hey, he was doing romantic comedies for like a decade or so. And then he started yeah. doing like some serious, you know, true detective and, like, he actually is a good actor, and actually, I would say Nicolas Cage can be a good actor as well when he wants to be. He can be. Yeah. <laughs> Nicolas Cage occasionally puts out a great performance, and then there's a lot of weird, stupid shit in between it. Yeah. Uh, this is oh, that episode of Community is so good. Nicolas Cage, good or bad? <laughs> good or bad? And then uh, I also thought that you know it was a. I thought it was a joke with the whole like oh matthew mcconaughey says all right all right all right like i I thought that was just like one of those things where people say that but he doesn't really say that in movies maybe he said it once or something but he did actually say it in this movie <laughs> like uh he didn't say it in the usual cadence with people say it but there was a scene where he was going like all right all right all right i was like oh what? He, he said it 
Isn't isn't it from one of his earlier movies though? Like, I I have no idea. It's just I know it's just a thing people you know uh, re- equate with him now. I don't, I don't know where it originated I, I just, from. I, I assumed it came from one of his earlier. Like I know I've never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I think that's the one he's in. Is it the one he's in? Or am I confusing it with another teen movie? Dazed and Confused, maybe. Dazed and Confused. I think that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Dazed and confused. As I think, uh, I, I think I've not seen that, but I just always assumed it came from either that or something from around that time. Because I think that was his first sort of big meaty yeah. role. I mean, uh, like regardless where it, it came from, though, I thought it was always one of those things where it's like, you know, he said it once and people act like he does it all the time. But then I was mm. surprised, like, oh no, he 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 said it in this movie. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> And just I, don't know, I can't overstate it enough. He has a robot leg. <laughs> what the hell? Again, it's 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 a it's a brace around the human leg, not a robot yeah. leg. There's a, there's a difference. I don't care. Not to me, there isn't. It's not a cyborg. All right. It's funny though because I don't think I know. I think I noticed because he's got like a weird belt on. It's got like a there's like a hose that's coming from the, the back of his belt yeah. down to the leg. And I noticed that at some point, like just from like like a waist shot I didn't see like where the leg was and I was like where's the uh, hose going why is there a hose at the back of his leg and then eventually I was like oh it's connected to this weird robot leg that he's yeah. walking around with it was, it was odd um, uh. and I feel like I missed something because I was like but, I mean did they make a point of introducing that in his first scene maybe I wasn't paying attention during his introduction as much because presumably mm. you would you'd point that out like the camera would go down to it and be like hey he's got a a weird robot shell of a leg thing going on here <laughs> What's happening? There's a deleted scene where Bane breaks his back and <laughs> he has to <laughs> get that. <laughs> what? Why would he's? Why would he have a leg brace if his back got broke? I don't know. What, what was the? It's been a while since I seen the Nolan movies. What, it was Dark Knight Rises had the <laughs> Bruce Wayne with the robot leg, right? <laughs> it wasn't a robot. It was a brace. He had a brace on. <laughs> Before and it was before that happened. It was before the back breaking. His knee was just already done from being old and kicking a lot of things. Yeah, well, that that must have been it then. Basically, Matthew McConaughey is Bruce Wayne. Is what I'm saying. Nah, he's too solemn. He's he's too, <laughs> he's, he's more the uh, I see him in the 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 kind of open shirt with the hat on out in the, the porch drinking whiskey. That's that's what I see Matthew McConaughey doing at the weekend. Sure, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it always looks a little bit sweaty. <laughs> I can see that. Whereas Bruce Wayne's like sitting in a, a dark cave on his own, brooding. Yeah, brooding. He broods. He's br- br- Bridman. If a Batman doesn't work <laughs> out, he can change his name to Bridman. That's that's the thing. All right, I, th- I think we have uh, we've ex- we have. Scrape the barrel on this one, Tim. Uh, mm. Since we're we're going to weird tangents now, so um, mm. I guess I will ask what you would rate the film out of ten. So it, it's pretty bad. I think originally I was going more in the two-ish range, but I'm actually going to bump it up to a three, just because oh. it is so crazy and wacky. I did get enjoyment out of it as a as a bad movie um it's not a good movie i think you know if you if you do like bad movies uh it's not the best as you know it's not level on of like room or troll 2 or something you know 
like those ones, but I, I think there can be some enjoyment to be had from it. Um, no, I'm going to be harsher. I, I I'm <laughs> going to go with a two, and I, I think it would probably be a one if the ending wasn't so crazy that it actually got interesting <laughs> all of a sudden. Like I was like, wait, what's yeah. happening? Um, it's not good the ending, admittedly, but it's at least like, no. wait, what are they doing? Really? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> so, at least that fascination and a couple of funny lines early on, I'll, I'll give them that. So, that, I guess I'm a 2 out of 10. But it is it's poorly made. It's not scary. It's not suspenseful. It's not intentionally funny for the most part. Maybe that <laughs> bit with the freezer was supposed to be funny, in which case, fair yeah. enough. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, But the rest of it, like, nah. I, Leatherface looks like shit. And that's when he's, he's got his normal look. Before he starts, you know, cross-dressing and stuff. Uh, McConaughey is overacting, which should be entertaining, but honestly, it got really old, because he, he, he never... There was no ups and downs. He just kept crazy the entire time. It just kind of got old. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I liked him early on, and then, again, getting to that middle-ish area when they're then the house, that's when it, it did start to wear a little thin. Yeah, once they're in the house, I was just bored until businessman yeah. showed up. Like, I really was bored out of my mind for that, like, yeah. 25, 30 minutes, whatever it was. But it, it 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 dragged like a bitch. So, yeah, 2 out of 10 for me. So, clearly it's the, the weakest of the franchise so far, <laughs> by quite a margin. I I will be impressed if it's uh, topped by any of the, the, the forthcoming <laughs> ones that we get to, but... We shall find out. That means next time we do a Texas Chainsaw movie, it'll be the remake. So that'll be a jump nine years into the future, into the futuristic land of 2003. But you can come back in a few weeks or whenever we get to that. I'm not sure when it's scheduled, but it's coming up soon. Uh, So with that said, I guess that's us. So uh, let us know what you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. You can do that over there. There's some perks and stuff. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time. <laughs>